1: Thank you for tuning into the Sports Ethos Nest Podcast. As always, this is your host Cody Mallory. That is at Real Cody Mallory on Twitter. I am joined by my two co-hosts, Anthony Ditmar. That is at Anthony Ditmar underscore on Twitter, and Joe Faro with the new Twitter at. That is at the Joe Faro on Twitter. What is going on, guys?
2: Pain, only pain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm doing good, though. I can't, I can't really complain.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm with Anthony Payne. I just want to say, I'm, uh, falling behind because I keep picking the Nets to win, and obviously <laughs> that's not happening, but as any honorable, responsible captain would do, I'm going down with the ship, so.
0: Just, just saying, I have a there. five, I have a whopping five game lead over Cody right now,
2: and I'm three <laughs> ahead of Anthony. Wow, you really opened it up. Holy shit.
0: Yeah, because I picked, I picked, uh, I believe out of the eight losses, I picked six of them.
2: Wow, it's Lou. You so happy?
0: <laughs> I'm not happy about it. I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> <Good morning. laughs>
1: yeah, well, I'm gonna go down with the ship. I'm gonna. I don't know. Forget that. Anyways, Anthony, we are very close to the trade deadline. It is obviously Thursday at three o'clock. Um, there's been a couple trades that have happened. Why don't you tell our listeners what they are,
2: Anthony? Okay, yeah. So this first one kind of stunned me because I was like, this is one of the guys we were talking about the Nets to get. The LA Clippers got Robert Covington and Norman Powell for Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, a 2025 second round pick. And I like, I know the Clippers aren't in win now mode right now because Kawhi and VG are up at the year, but they got these guys for really cheap and they're under contract. So, like, I kind of like, it's kind of a win for the Clippers because, like, next year when those guys are hopefully back, like, that's a, those are two solid pieces. And I feel like the Blazers kind of like undersell them. It kind of makes me salty that they got like two solid rotation players for very cheap. Cause so I'm like kind of thinking that that's could probably make it a, a comparable package comparatively to that. Right.
0: Yeah. They definitely could have come up with something similar. That trade was, it was weird though. Cause the Clippers were in a spot where if they got rid of the guys that they obviously could have gotten rid of, like they did in that trade, if they did something in the offseason where they kind of dumped that Bledsoe contract and let's, I forget who else. it did somebody else expire? They would have had a third max slot available for a contract. So that would have been huge for them. But honestly, I think they made the right move next year. You get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard back and you have a supporting cast of guys like Reggie Jackson, Robert Covington, Norman Powell, Visa Zubak, um, Luke Kennard, uh, Terrence Mann, all these, like that team is deep as shit. Yeah. Like they are going to be scary. Like I, I will not underestimate them by any means heading into next year.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm gonna say it now, before the 2021-2022 season is over, the Clippers are the favorite out of the West next year. That trade was an absolute steal
0: for them, and I really don't know what the Trailblazers were thinking. Well, they wanted to clear money to try to lure somebody in for Damian Lillard this offseason. I think that's gonna be like their last-ditch yeah. effort to keep Damian Lillard. They're gonna move off CJ. Yep. They're going, and they're they already cleared off. Robert Covington was their longest and biggest like biggest contract outside of like uh damon cj as of right now because norman powell is under contract for like five more years so it's a huge deal for the clippers like that's just like he, he everybody knows norman powell is just a straight-up bucket getter and he could he could play defense and he he could play one he could play like two two and three it's just, it's a very good fit for them and if robert Cummington can get back to like how he used to perform that's a huge move for the clippers
2: yeah, I think for the emergence of Anna Free Simmons, too, Simons, as well, yeah. kind of, like, made that deal easier because he's under a cheap contract, and it's kind of like, okay, we can move these, move these guys and keep him and then try to retool, like you said.
1: Yeah, that'll be interesting. I don't know who they're going to bring in to pair with Dame. And-
2: who knows, man? But the other oh, yeah, is we'll This one was, like, kind of got me mad for a different reason, for two different reasons. One... The Cavs are like one of those teams that are like came into this year with like little to no expectations. Like it was just kind of like a a team that was like, oh, they have a bunch of young guys, they're rebuilding, whatever. They really haven't been good outside of LeBron ever. And they are like in like one game out of the number one seed in the East. And they just got Karis Levert like for a pretty decent, like low return. Like they have Ricky Rubio who's out for the year and expiring contracts. So basically nothing, it's just money. A heavy protected 2022 first. And two second round picks. So really, like, it's two seconds for freaking Karis LeBert. And that's like a steal and a half. And he's reunited with Jared Allen, which makes everyone's heart hurt a little bit in Nets' world. And it's actually kind of ironic considering, like, the Harden stuff going on. Those are the two pieces that kind of, like, the Nets gave up to get rid of James Harden. To get James Harden. So it's kind of like insult to injury. Yeah, so get rid are- of
1: James Harden. You got something on your mind, Anthony. Getting rid of James Harden. I mean, so, that uh,
2: also has been on my mind considering. Going on <laughs> but, but,
1: um, yeah, I was like, let's have back- the
2: Cavs and be like, how about we just say just kidding and just get them both back?
1: <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> real quick. Uh, last week, it was Shams that first put out the report that the Nets were interested or at least listening to trade offers for Harden, for Simmons, et cetera. Believe who you want. But anyways, the part that killed me was that night Karis Levert, I think he dropped forty-two and Jared Allen had twenty-nine points and twenty-two boards on the same night that <laughs> report came out. And then like three days later, LeVert gets reunited with Jared Allen. And it's like, God damn it, man. Like I'm I'm gonna be rooting for the Cavs
0: besides the Mets in the East, hundred yeah. percent. I I tweeted uh at I at the Cavs and I said, Hey, can I interest you in one Spencer Dinwiddie? <laughs> <laughs> just bring the whole bring the whole gang back together. Either him or D'Lo. Just get one of them over there. And That'd that be could just be I mean, I mean, a full on secondary team.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine a Nets Cavs playoff series? <laughs> that would be fun. Oh. That would be so much fun.
0: But I do not want to see them. They're all, they're another team like how the the freaking Timberwolves did to us. They're all young and lanky and annoying as hell to play against.
2: So I do not. I won a seven-game series. Well, yeah, this Nets team also may look completely different in a couple of days. Like not just I'm out sure. of the the, the obvious uh, elephant in the room. There's like a lot. I feel I'm getting speaking of the Cavs. I'm getting 2018 Cavs vibe. It's Nets team. Like in terms of like, yeah, I agree in and out.
0: Well, I mean, they also have two of our guys from that team, so it's kind of easy to get that kind of vibe. But
2: no, I'm saying <laughs> Cavs, like <when> the Cavs. <laughs> no, no, I, I understand what yeah. you're saying.
0: They're yeah. the way they're built is very similar.
2: I'm thinking, like, they probably moved, like, the way, like, LeBron shipped out Dwayne Wade, D. Rose, like, all those guys off the team. Like, I can see the Nets doing something similar. I think there's only three Nets that are, like, guaranteed not to get traded at this deadline, and that's Durant, Kyrie, and Mills. Like, guaranteed. Like, can you – do you guys disagree no. with anybody else?
1: No. No, I kind of agree that those three are definitely untouchable, but – I don't know. Before we go fully into, like, the Nets trading, I just want to talk about the James Harden rumors. Obviously, that's the biggest piece that the Nets would have to trade if they were to trade them. Everyone, like, I I go on Twitter and it's all I see is James Harden, James Harden, James Harden. It's like, I honestly can't wait until this either happens or it doesn't happen and we're past Thursday. Because I'm sick of seeing it and everyone's like, oh, each GM is, like, controlling the media they're trying to lose leverage like it's all a bunch of nonsense i think you had steve nash saying that the nets were not trading james harden and then you had the Woja article this morning about how daryl maury called sean Marks four weeks ago asked him about james and sean Marks said james who not knowing if he was talking about james johnson and obviously maury said harden and sean Marks responded with no that was in a report from Woj and Ramona Shelburne this morning. Uh, once again, that was a conversation they said happened four weeks ago. So obviously, a lot has changed with the Nets in four weeks. Um, before we go into kind of like what players you would be willing to take back, do you guys think the Nets are seriously entertaining trading James Harden? Right uh, yeah. <laughs> Yes you do
0: or yes you want Anthony to go first. Uh I was saying yes to Anthony but I'll go now now that I killed the silence. But um so I don't know if they're really listening. I mean honestly, I feel like on a team like like with our current situation I feel like you have to listen. I really do. Cuz like I I mean I I personally look, like obviously we all like James Harden. We would we wish he would play a little bit better at times. But we all we all like him, but his play has just decreased so much. Like two years ago, this guy was averaging damn near a thirty-six point triple double. And it's just like now like all his percentages are down, his averages are down. And if if they're willing to throw you some sort of package that that like you can't refuse, why wouldn't you? Just increase the depth of the team and also get a star back in Ben Simmons. Like it does it doesn't it doesn't make sense to not Listen, especially with the current state that the Nets are in.
1: Yeah. So we'll, uh, Joe, we'll dive full into a package that would make us want to do the deal after. But Anthony, do you believe that the Nets are listening, engaged in trade talks, however you want to say it? So it's
2: like been really all over the place the last, like, I say, like week, week and a half that this thing got really serious. Um, like, I'm back and forth all the time on it. I really don't know. When I when I hear the smoke, there's definitely fire. I think if this wasn't real, James Harden would have said something like there's no shot. This is real. The fact that he hasn't played in four of the six class games with like, quote, unquote, hamstring tightness and hasn't been even on the bench like that kind of like gives me the wrong vibe. Steve Nash, I know kind of gave me some sort of security, like if you give a pass answer and a little more nervous. But to keep it short, I think they are listening because I think there is something to this. I was, like, totally, like, thinking it was BS, like, a week ago, maybe, a week and a half. But more closer and closer we get to the deadline, it feels like there's something definitely brewing. And I feel like I'd be more intrigued about this if, like, Ben Simmons wasn't the player coming back. And I'll give you my reason why later, but I'll tell you when we go over, like, packages.
1: Hi, I mean, yeah, I think that, once again, I honestly, obviously have no idea. I don't don't have any sources or anything, but I think they're listening. I think they should be listening is what I should say. Um, I don't know. I think James Harden could have just killed all the rumors himself. And now randomly, like Anthony said, he's got that hamstring tightness and he's receiving treatment in the locker room, but he hasn't been on the bench at all. Um, I think it's all suspicious. Just because Steve Nash said they weren't trading him, what is he going to say? Yeah, we're trying to trade the guy. Like, obviously, he can't say that in case they don't end up trading him. (laughs) But I don't know. I think they would be foolish to not be listening is what I will say. As for the trade package, um, there are some reports today and over this past week, I guess, (laughs) that Philadelphia is not willing to include Tyrese Maxey into any trade. Hmm. Um. Personally, I think that kills any deal because I would need Tyrese Maxey coming back in a trade. As we said, the Nets traded Jarrett Allen, Karis LeVert, 700 draft picks for James Harden. They need to get some kind of assets back for that. And I think Tyrese Maxey is the biggest upside player on the 76ers. Um, Obviously, Ben Simmons would be a part of the package and Seth Curry. But I'm seeing things such as just Ben Simmons, Danny Green, and a pick, and that it's absolutely not enough to trade James Harden, in my
0: opinion. Yeah, um, I, I completely uh, agree. I would need I would need the package that I would like would be Tyrese Maxey, Ben Simmons, and Seth Curry. That was that's the three that I would need. I would I need those think- three. And then if those three are on the then, table,
1: I think they have to do it personally, no matter what yeah. James Harden's stance is. If those three are offered, without a doubt, you have to take that trade
0: in life. It, it solves literally every problem the Nets have if you do that Correct. deal. That's, that's the way I see it. And, I mean, I don't even really know how to word it. But, like, it's just, like, <laughs> at the same time, it's, like, Harden, we could say that Harden could shut down the trade rumors or whatever, but, like, he didn't. And, I mean, at, at this – and honestly, who knows that he even knows what's going on since he's really – he's kind of looked like he's tuned out a little bit. Like, I don't – I he, they were saying that he was getting treatment in the locker room in Denver, but he was ruled out, like, bef- way before that game. Why would he right. – why would he be there if they ruled him out? What was it? We went – we were home for a game, right? And then we went to Denver? Am I nah, – No, they, I- they were in Utah. Oh, they were in Utah. Okay. Utah Friday and then Denver Sunday. So they traveled. Yeah, and I I find it hard to believe that he's getting work done on his hamstring for a two and a half hour period just during the game. When they've been there and he's already rolled out and he couldn't have gotten work done on his hamstring the entire time that they were there. I'm like, come on. Like Nick Claxton has the same injury and he's sitting on the bench with the guys. Like yeah,
1: Joe. Just just one thing I quickly. You said um, you said he might not know if it's going on. Uh, yeah, I agree. But if you watch James Harden's body language, if you listen to his press conferences, he straight up quit on the team the last game he played in, and then to randomly have the hamstring tightness the next two games. Um, yeah. he was very uh, snippy with the beat reporters in the press conference, asking him about the rumors saying like what rumors I don't know of any rumors did you hear it from me if not then there's no rumors when he could have just flat out said I love it in Brooklyn I don't want to leave and then boom it would have been done because if Harding was happy and whatever the Nets wouldn't even be discussing it at all because the goal was to win with Durant, Harden, and Irving so I think that there's definitely a lot of truth to James Harden is not happy which I understand no one's happy when you're losing games but still he could have sucked it up, killed the rumors, waited for Durant to come back, and then the Nets would have been fine. But that has not been the case, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, like, looking at all the factors like that's gone down, like, obviously the Irving vaccination status, obviously Durant going down, obviously the depth, even the Joe Harris injury, they all play a factor, even the Marcus Aldridge being out, losing eight games. Like, it's like everything that can go wrong at the same time is going wrong. Like, I don't think there's, like, one thing going right. Maybe, like, Cam Thomas playing somewhat well. But... It just seems like everything is, like, leading towards this trade. And going back to like, the package, like you said, I think Maxi Curry and Simmons is the best package you can get. The Sixers aren't including Maxi. I don't want the deal. Like, I think, like, obviously, you don't really see a superstar for superstar trades that too often in the NBA. Usually, it's, like, a superstar for a bold load of picks, like, when a team is, like, kind of going into a rebuild or a star wants out. So, you don't really see, like, a James Harden for, like, a Damian Lillard type a trade. So I don't really know, but if Simmons was playing and he was playing well, like he was playing last year like before the playoffs, like he a to play the year a candidate, like facilitating, being a lockdown defender, like that's one story. But this guy hasn't played all year. We don't know what, what kind of shape he's in physically or mentally. Like what if you're getting a guy that's not playing this year? You can't do that. in one out a team. Like if you're just getting it, like we already have another, a whole half a hole with Kyrie Irving. We already have Joe Harris, $18 million sitting on a shelf. Like, Kevin Durant said, like, what are you going to put out? They're all minimum guys. Like, you're literally going to just keep losing <laughs> games. Like, it's like a joke. Like, you need to have an assurance that Ben Simmons is going to be back and ready to play. And I don't think – you need to a trade for him. How long do you think he would seem on the court for? A month? Three weeks? Like, who knows? Like, yeah. it's like, like, I don't know if the Nets could even make a trade for Ben Simmons if they wanted to, if they wanted to win this year.
1: Yeah, Anthony, just to kind of feed off that, before we started recording, like, maybe an hour ago, I sent a tweet, and I was like, no one's asked this, but is anyone sure that Ben Simmons would even play this year? Like, no one's heard from the guy. I mean, I know the report got leaked recently that he just got vaccinated, which obviously he couldn't play in Brooklyn. It would have been another Kyrie situation if he wasn't. But still, he's kind of gone off the deep end, I would say. And is that just a Philly thing or is it an NBA thing in general? Like, no one really knows for sure. And that would be a huge risk if you don't want to waste Kevin Durant.
2: Yeah, like you have to make the trade of assurance he's playing and playing soon. Like, and it, it, like honestly, like I I'd, I'd be more open to this deal if Kyrie Irving was fully vaccinated, playing all the games. Because like the Benson is not offensive player, so if you have Kyrie Irving, you know, let's say you're at home at Barclays, you lost James Harden, they don't have Kyrie, so you're just Kevin Durant playing hero wall. Like, are you gonna win a playoff series like that? Like if you're playing Milwaukee, like like four
1: See, times? my my thing is that's why I need Tyrese Maxey included into the trade because I think he, him and Durant, and then if you have some shooters around them, I think Maxey is a damn good basketball player. Uh, he's averaging nearly 17 this year, 17 points and pretty efficient numbers. He's still young. He was obviously a highly uh, touted player going into Kentucky and kind of fell in the draft. So I think that's why I need Maxey included. If you're just getting like a Ben Simmons and – a Danny Green? Like hell freaking no. Even if Kyrie Irving was a hundred percent playing, hell no. That is nowhere near enough for
2: the trade, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. Like it's like, like if you get Danny Green, Ben Simmons, like like <laughs> Danny Green's wash. He's like he's he's not a good player. I'm sorry. He's just not. He's like he can have his night shooting, but that's just not yeah. enough of a return. I'd be I'd rather have James Harden here shooting two of eleven, putting up like six turnovers and not playing any defense and having that because then at least you're you're forfeiting your chance to get a better return in the summer. Because odds are, this is my other side of it, if James Harden wants to leave the Nets this summer, like, yeah, he's a free agent. He didn't opt into his player option. He didn't sign extension, yada, yada, yada. No good team has the max slot open to trade for James Harden. So odds are he's going to need to sign a trade facilitated by Brooklyn anyway. So I think the Nets have the leverage. Unless he goes and threatens to sign with Sacramento or, like, Orlando. Like, I don't think that's going to happen.
1: All I can think of when you say that is the Spencer Dinwiddie situation.
2: <laughs> yep.
1: yep. We but, thought the Mets had the
2: leverage in that one. That's a little different. because like, Yeah, think-
1: it, it's 100% different. Harden compared to Dinwiddie. I mean, you saw the Joe Harris. Or not, sorry. You saw what happened with Kevin Durant. They got D'Lo, and then they were able to flip D'Lo. And now they got Andrew Wiggins, who's an all-star starter. So they, sh- they sh- definitely could get something back. It might not be a crazy package like we're thinking of, like four players and picks, but they should at least get close to a max player, um, whether they're proven or unproven. But still, the Nets hold all the leverage in this situation. Like Anthony just said, James Harden can't go to a winning team without the Nets' help.
2: Uh-huh. I don't know where else we go besides I, – I, all we're hearing is Phillies. So I think there's definitely smoke to it because, like, if it was like – Miami uh, would probably uh, be the only other one. Who? What about Boston?
0: They Miami actually do
2: have they do, but, like, I don't even know if like, that would make sense or he'd do that. Like, Yeah,
1: to but it, it is an option. I
2: mean, trade him
1: to Boston. Give us Jalen Brown back. What?
2: Yeah, I'd rather have Jalen Brown a million times than Vincent. Yeah, it's
1: not. Oh, I'd rather have Jalen Brown and James Harden straight up, <laughs> personally.
2: Yeah. I mean, Woo! right even the circumstances, yes. Like, if, like, he's 100% leaving, like, I think James Harden's obviously a better player. Like, I don't know. I think the man. best scenario I... is James Harden actually like finishes two seasons with the Nets, doesn't quit on the yeah. team, and actually like sees it through. That'd be that'd be really cool, honestly.
1: <laughs> I agree. But uh, all right, like I said, I'm sick of these James Harden rumors. Before we move on, Anthony, is James Harden traded before the trade deadline on Thursday at <sighs> three o'clock? Simple, yes or no. That's all you got to give me. You Don't have to give me the package. You don't have to give me any specifics. Just no. yes or no. 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 Joe. No. I'm also going no. So we all agree. I think uh, we should, should say we all think Harden will at least be in net through the end of this season. And yeah. let's go on to the rest of the trade deadline predictions. Um, obviously, Harden would be the splash trade, but we all don't think it's going to happen. Losing eight games in a row, falling to the seventh seed, the playing tournament. Oof. Yes, they're injured. They're missing like four out of five starters, et cetera, et cetera. And the biggest concern is to get healthy, but I think we can all agree that the Mets still have some serious flaws in their roster, even when they are healthy, and that they have to make some moves, whether they're minor or not. Do you guys agree with that? Yes, I,
2: I'm gonna rant about it once you once you get to me about this. Uh, I was gonna so, roast.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Anyways, so. <laughs> I'm just going to give a couple of my favorite targets. They're not sexy. They're not splashy. I did an article report for the Brooklyn game today where I kind of broke this down. But one of my favorite players that they hopefully will trade for is Reggie Bullock. I know we talked about it on our trade deadline episode with Stephen from Sportito's Bird Rights podcast. Um, I really like Reggie Bullock. I think he's got switchability to fit the Nets defensive scheme. There was a video last night where he absolutely clamped Trey Young after he switched on to him. Uh, he shot six of 10 from three last night, scored 19 points, had like nine rebounds. He kind of does it all. The only hit the problem dagger is, too. Yeah, he did hit the dagger. The only problem is the uh, Mavericks have a lot of injuries. So he actually started last play and played close to 40 minutes. <laughs> um, so it's kind of very poor timing because he really wasn't playing much in the beginning of the season. And besides him, another player I really like is Dennis Schroeder. Um, I've seen several reports that Boston is most likely or guaranteed to trade him. Uh, I know Steven said when we talked to him, they don't have his bird rights, so they can only offer him like 6 or $7 million. Um, I think he gives the Nets kind of an insurance policy just in case Kyrie Irving can't play at home. And even if he can play at home, I think he's a good six man to come off the bench, play like 20, 25 minutes a game. I hate to say it, but kind of slide into the role that Cam Thomas has been playing. I'm better at, can trust him more, more playmaking ability. And I do want to address one more thing before I go to you guys. The Jeremy Grant rumors on Sean Marks contacted the Pistons about him. um, That trade would have to involve Joe Harris. And I personally, as don't think jeremy grant is a great fit on the nets um i think he's obviously a great player he's 27 he's in his prime he's under contract for another year after this but i just don't see the fit on the nets um anthony or joe one of you guys can go kind of say what i talked about go on your own little spiel whatever you guys want to talk about
2: uh do you want to go for first, first show
0: Yeah, uh, I would go full-on fantasy booking here, and I would do the trade where you trade James Harden for Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, and Seth Curry, and then you follow that up by trading Joe Harris and a couple other things for Jeremy Grant. That would be my ideal thing, because I think then Seth Curry just replaces Joe Harris. You still have your spacing there. You could even make another minor move to get Reggie Bullock. Those are your two spot-up shooters or 3-and-D guys, and then, then boom, roster's fully different. And we end up with Jeremy Grant somehow, and we move on from James Harden and get our team even deeper.
1: Interesting. I think – I see – it's tough because you almost, to me, have to have both lined up before you can make one of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, but, like, Which, imagine – imagine, like, our lineup. I know, later, no. Our lineup could be – Ben Simmons could still handle point guard duties or whatever. And then you have Kyrie Irving still playing off ball at the two uh, or whatever you are. I guess Ben plays small forward, but Kyrie, Seth, Ben, Jeremy and KD. You run that death lineup. That would be fun, yeah. I think. <laughs> That'd be fun, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think be fun. I could be no, completely like, imagine we do no, it I, and then we stink, you know, I got to no, Just in I case. Mean,
1: That depth would be crazy. Then you'd have Maxie coming off the bench.
0: Yeah, I could I mean along with with Patty. Patty, I would think I would think a trade to acquire uh, Jeremy Grant though without our like since we really don't have picks to give, it would have to be Joe Harris and Cam Thomas together. I agree. Maybe even Claxton too. Yeah. Or even if I mean if it's Joe and Clax together, I, I think it would be two players for him. Like I feel like they would really just want the young, promising player, whether that be Claxton or Cam, along with Joe.
2: I don't know if it would be all three. I feel like they want a healthy player. <laughs> well, yeah, that. But like, they're <laughs> no, like, oh, going to Claxton.
0: <laughs> the Pistons yeah. are a team who would also probably be able to move off Joe Harris's contract again after this, so like they could use his contract mm-hmm. in another deal later on. So. I don't know. I'll fi- I, I I put that into the universe. Maybe it happens. It probably does not. I'll say there's like a 96 percent chance it does not happen. But like
2: that four percent,
0: yeah. that four percent, yeah.
2: Um, so I'll go. Um, there's a lot of deficiencies in this roster, like top to bottom. Like I think last year's we talked about like be- better role players. I think like a month or two ago, whatever it was. And I think I'm definitely gonna switch my answer to last year's team. But that all, all things considered, okay. I think. There's major flaws. I think if you don't make the Harden deal, I'm going to go, since I said they're not going to make it, I'm going to base it like, in a world where they don't do that. I think a Claxton-PJ Washington swap does make a little bit of sense for the Nets in terms of, like, like at the center position, even though it's not a big glaring need, but definitely needs some shooting. I don't know, like, what team is really giving up shooting right now. I would love to gain some shooting, obviously, like, I don't. I really don't know where we go from here. Like maybe a Goran Dragic buyout, like you said, Richie Bullock. There could be guys on teams that you find like a diamond in, in, in the rough. But I think there's gonna be a big roster turmoil. I think there's gonna be a move that we don't see coming. That's my prediction. Like it's gonna be something out of like left field where it's like, like you think that someone wasn't available is available. I don't know where it's gonna come from, but I guarantee we get at least one or two deals that aren't even like discussed or like even rumored that come in out of nowhere from Sean Marks because. Sean Marks has taken some flack lately, and I think over his course of his tenure here in Brooklyn, he's done nothing but impress and overachieve. And I think he has to regain some of that after this Harden fiasco. And I'm gonna be optimistic and say like they ride the ship with the current core, like in terms of like the, the three stars, and hopefully Kyrie Irving can play home games, and that could be a million problems solved in one just with that. But yeah, oh, I think yeah. the minor deals that we don't see coming, so I'm not gonna give like a name value out of it. Do you think there's a
1: chance? Do you think there's a chance we could see uh, CJ McCollum come to Brooklyn, huh?
2: Nah. <laughs> nah. Maybe Spencer's been gonna... an exemption for Spencer Dinwiddie. Spence coming back? <laughs> t- yeah. I, mean... I want to know. Can you do that? Can you fit a player into the exemption you made for that player? Uh, I honestly have no idea. But
1: <laughs> I
0: want to see <laughs> that, that is interesting.
1: all I can say is I remember last year. Obviously, we didn't do this podcast, but I think we did our own separate little podcast. And I had was saying that Spence kind of doesn't have a role on this Nets team. And now we go full circle, and Spence would definitely have a role on this Nets team.
0: Yeah, (laughs) Uh, look
1: at that. He could play that Schroeder role that I was talking about or whatever off the bench. I don't think he would start, but I don't think they would need him to start. 20, 25 minutes a game, kind of six-man. He's... Underrated defensively, I would say he's kind of bigger. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if you can. I don't. I don't know. But he coming back would be pretty cool.
0: Now he likes Spencer Dinwiddie, huh? All
1: right. <laughs> 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 we don't have to go into my Spencer Dinwiddie slander from last year, man. All right, it was a low point. What do you mean
0: last year? It's this year too. I mean,
1: was I wrong though? Yeah, uh, there's several Yes, because you want uh, him back. I guess. I guess you bring up a fair <laughs> point. I mean, I mean, when it's, 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 but hold on, hold on. If it's comparing Spencer Dinwiddie, whatever form he is now, to like a Javon Carter or like a Bruce Brown. Like hell yeah, I want Spencer Dinwiddie back. <laughs> fair. Fair. But all right, we're gonna make one more prediction before we go into the garbage games we watched since we last talked in the injuries. I'm not gonna say guess. Who the Nets are going to trade for, but just the number of trades the Nets are going to make before the deadline.
0: I'll go first. I'll say two, but they're both going to be very small, I think. All right.
2: Anthony? I'm going to go two as well. You think they're both going to be small? I think there's going to be a middle one, medium one, and a small one. A I, mean, medium one. Okay. I think Joe Harris gets traded.
1: Really? Mm. Yes. Okay, that, that's kind of big news right there. Just so you all uh, heard, Anthony is saying Joe Harris
0: is gone. The last well, I mean, like, I feel like, player. I, I feel like, you know, like when you look at it, it's like the Nets had offers for Spencer Dinwiddie at the deadline last year, even though he was injured and out for the season. Joe Harris has a chance to come back. And it's like, I feel like Sean Marks may, may, may try to learn from his mistake of not trading Spencer at the deadline last year and yeah. just and maybe just cut his losses with Joe Harris and just use that salary that he has to really get somebody that could be productive and actually help this team.
1: See my my rebuttal on that is I think Joe Harris is obviously a great player but
0: kind of what team would want to trade for a Joe Harris when
1: he's the Detroit hurt by... Pistons
0: when you pair him with a Cam Thomas or a Nick Claxton? Okay, so you're saying, like if you care that salary salary dump kind of thing yes yes okay and not and by no means is joe harris a salary dump type of right, but like you get what i'm like that salary is useful in a trade for a guy that could significantly upgrade your team like if you like if you're gonna tell me right now that you would rather pay 18 million dollars to joe harris than to pay like what what is it 19 to jeremy grant like come on like jeremy grant's he does so much on the floor that Joe Harris doesn't. Besides, like Joe has got him in the shooting aspect, but you know, just like for example.
1: but So, like, I think a team that could have really used Joe Harris is like a Clippers, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because they're all in on next year. And I even think the Trailblazers could be interested because they're pretty much next year too. But
0: I don't yeah, know what the else. Clipper, they have the, the Clippers trade. Have already have so much money tied into shooting, though. Like they gave that big old bag to right. Okanark. So like oh, that just gosh. like takes it out of it for me.
1: Yeah, but I I don't think Joe Harris is traded personally. I think the Nets are going to make one trade, and I think it's going to be for one of the smaller name players. I just said. I think we're going to move Bruce Brown, Devon Carter, and we're going to attach a Cam Thomas or a Nick Claxton to it to make it worth it for the team that takes those two bombs on.
2: Don't forget Millsap too. It's hundred percent. Yeah, Millsap's going to get bought out. I feel.
1: I don't. think I, 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 yeah. I think Millsap's getting bought out as well. I don't think he's getting traded.
2: Question. Would you trade Spencer Dinwiddie? Would you trade for Spencer Dinwiddie? And who's a shooter on the... Um, would you trade Spencer Dinwiddie? Coos. Spencer Dinwiddie for Joe Harris. Fuck yes. no.
0: Whoa! Stop the madness. I You just said yes, Joe? I love Spencer Dinwiddie. You know this. I just want to see that guy.
1: Maybe if you attach like a Kyle Kuzma to it as well. No, it work there.
2: What if you add like a uh, what if you add like a rural Nito? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, in stop. all seriousness,
0: in all seriousness, no, I'm not doing that trade, but I missed it.
2: <laughs> what about Hachimura? Yes. Ooh,
1: I do like Hachimura. I think he has plenty of upside as a player as well. But still
2: not taking it.
1: This
2: <laughs> 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 man. Uh, I was just, I was just thinking, I was, I was trade machining it.
1: Hi guys, so these next couple of days definitely going to be very interesting. Not only to see what the Nets do, see if any of their competitors get any better. I'm sure someone's going to. There's going to be some trades. There's always is in the NBA. There's usually some that no one expects. Um, but enough of trades for now. Let's go into the embarrassing basketball that we watched the Nets play since we last spoke. We'll obviously start with the game on Friday against Utah. Um, The only positive I have from that game, and I think every Nets fan would probably say the same thing, is Cam Thomas, who was absolutely amazing off the bench. He ended up playing 31 minutes due to the fact that it was a blowout. They lost 125-102, to and the game was not even that close. Um, but Cam Thomas had 30 points on 11 of 19 shooting, three of seven from three, and Dayron Sharp got some run. He played 16 minutes. He looked good, 11 points and eight boards. Um, I, they played no defense. They couldn't score. They couldn't hit a shot. They got blown out. That's all I have to say. I don't know if you guys want to add anything to the game besides Cam and Dayron, but the floor is yours.
0: Want to add that Nick Claxton's injury screwed me out of a plus nine thousand parlay. <laughs> it like it was only Kyrie went under for his points, and Claxton under five, over five and a half rebounds did not hit after he got injured, and I was very upset about it.
2: Yeah, that game. Not well, well, the basketball. Like obviously, Game Thomas playing well. Like the injuries just start piling up now. It's just it's just tough to see. Like there's not much like positives going on right now with this team.
1: Yeah, that was a uh, loss number seven in a row. Before we got into Sunday, which was loss number eight in a row. <laughs> um, I I don't I just don't understand how you score forty points in the first quarter, thirty five in the second, and then in the entire second half you score twenty nine. I just don't get it. Like. I don't know. Obviously they're injured. I mean, the Nuggets are also injured and they're still keeping their head above water. Um, I don't know, man. It's very frustrating. That's all I can say. I mean, it's kind of every game over this losing streak has pretty much felt the same to me. And this is probably the first time since Kevin Durant came to Brooklyn that I go into a Nets game, like expecting them to get blown out. And I feel like I've been feeling that way for the last like two weeks. Why do you think I've been picking losses? You know what, Joe? I'm just <laughs> because saying. You're not, you're not willing to go down with the ship. Oh, I'm willing. I'm going down <laughs> with the ship. I'm just gaining on you guys in the process. He's <laughs> having a little personal game when the Mets suck. I feel you. But uh, one thing I will say is Blake Griffin has been playing pretty damn well lately. Uh, Sunday okay. was another example. He scored 19 points. Uh, four rebounds. I mean, even when Blake was pretty much benched or only playing at garbage time, he always played hard. He was always willing to sacrifice his body, take charges, et cetera. And now he's starting to hit his shots. He hit five and seven threes on Sunday, um, which is a positive. Obviously, you never want to lose eight games in a row, most of them blowouts. But there has been a couple positives, kind of Blake Griffin's kind of resurgence could be big for the Nets when it matters in a couple months. Um, Cam Thomas if they don't get that backup player could be big in a couple months. Um, Patty Mills has shown obviously how good he is. Um, So there are a couple positives that can take out of this Um, James Johnson has been horrible the last couple games I know we've been giving him high praise before but he's just been pretty much unplayable these last two games in my opinion. Um, and the Nets, once again, could not get a stop to save their life. They gave up 39, 37, 31, and then Denver only scored 17 in the fourth. But majority of that was with their bench players because the game was over. Anything you guys want to add for this game?
2: No, um, so, not really. It was no defense in the first half and then no offense in the second half.
0: <laughs> it, it really it was just rough to watch like every game has been recently. I'm hoping yeah. that we get turn the Tide fairly soon, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right.
2: no, honestly, this pain.
1: <laughs> and like Anthony said at the beginning of the episode, all he feels is pain. And that's how it is to be a Nets fan right now, which is if you had told me this in the summer, I would have said you're a psycho. You're crazy. Like, you don't know basketball. And we're living it. Anything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong so far this season. And that is unfortunately the sad reality of being a Brooklyn Nets fan right now. But enough of those games. Let's quickly touch on the injuries. Um, Joe Harris. I guess we're wait in a wait and see mode. If he has to have the second procedure, they said they would know in a week or two. Which I don't know, but that is what it is. Kevin Durant. There was reports that he is recovering on time, but besides that, there's no real update. But I guess he's happy with his personal progress. Um, Claxon and Harden—the injury, or sorry, hamstring tightness. Do you guys believe that James Harden is actually injured? I no. just want to ask you that.
2: No.
0: No. I
1: feel okay. like it's. Joe? I
0: feel like it's. I feel like it's something he could definitely play through right now, and I feel like he's like kind of just like taking mm-hmm. the load yeah. off just to see what happens.
1: <sighs> Interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean. I
1: personally think that's bullshit, but not 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 what you guys said. I think it's bullshit that he's doing that because I think when this – when Kevin Durant got hurt, I remember saying at least – I don't know what the number was. Like nine out of the 15 games or 14 games or whatever it is, we're on the road. The Nets are still going to have two superstars and they should still win games. And it feels like Harden has just been sitting out games because, I don't know, he feels like he has to be the guy, I guess I saw some reports say. which. Yeah. If you're making – he's making, what, $47 million this year? Yeah, I'd hope you'd be the guy. He should be willing to be the guy for a 20-game stretch when Kevin Durant was the guy for the entire beginning of the season.
0: But that's just my opinion. Well, um, no, I, I-, I could, I definitely agree with that. And that's one of my – that's one of the weird things when they talk about him possibly going to Philly. It's like they are <laughs> – they do that Philly trade, right? Like they're going to trade us, Ben Simmons, and – and whatever other pieces like say two of two of three of Matisse Thybul Seth Curry and Tyrese Maxey right you're right. still gonna have to be a guy like Joel Embiid will be the number one option but you're going to have to be the number two and you're going to have to take on that lead guard scoring role so you are literally in the exact same position in Philly as you are in Brooklyn, except when you go there, they're going to have an even worse team because they're trading away some of the pieces that have carried them so far this year.
1: And let's, let's not forget. Joel Embiid has not been the most reliable player when it comes to playing a lot of games in the season. Let's not forget yeah. because he's had his fair share of injury problems. And even if Philly like salary dumps Tobias Harris, somehow they're going to have to attach assets to that in summer in order to do it so they can uh, sign James Harden outright. And they're still not going to have a great roster in Philadelphia. So he's going to have to be the man there more than he will in Brooklyn.
0: I agree. Because, like, I mean, if James Harden's the one option – I mean, James Harden's the two option, whether he has Joel Embiid or Kevin Durant in front of him, I think it's pretty safe to say that Kyrie Irving is at least double the player that Tobias Harris is.
1: Yeah, I mean, man, last year when they were all healthy and James Harden – James Harden was
0: the three. Yeah, James I was gonna Harden say, was the
1: three. He was the third offensive option in terms of getting his own points. Now, yes, he is an absolute amazing floor general. He ran the offense beautifully. Like, I'm not slandering him by saying he was the third option. But when it came to scoring, I mean, the ball was in Harden's hands a lot, but Harden was the third option in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Which was great for the Nets because it worked out incredibly well and they all played together, but still.
0: They rarely played together is the, is the problem. Right. <laughs> I just got that Boston series in my mind and it's like, oh, man.
1: <laughs> but speaking of Boston, <laughs> you guys like that transition? I almost did it on purpose. Uh, the Nets will play Boston at home on Tuesday. Um, as I said before, James Harden and Nicholas Claxton are questionable. LaMarcus Aldridge, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving are, and Paul Millsap are all out. Joe, you are in first place by some margin, so you get to pick first. We're going to pick Boston at home Tuesday and then the Wizards on the road Thursday.
0: We, I will pick a loss at home against Boston, and then I will pick a win in Washington. Joe's picking the losing streak to end at nine. No double digits. That's too far for Joe Farrow. You know what? You know what? Give me a 10-game losing streak. (laughs) (laughs) You're picking loss-loss. Yeah, because even if we don't trade – I mean, I'm thinking about, like, is James Harden going to be able to play right away after the trade deadline if he's not traded? And if he is traded, we're not going to have those pieces by then probably. So a diminished team, I will still take – I'll take two losses.
2: I'll take pretty- loss and a win. i
1: will be honest. I'm pretty mad that I just persuaded you into that because I was going to take loss-loss <laughs> because if they do make the trade, which I don't think they will – they're going to be incredibly shorthanded. But then again, who the hell knows what Washington's going to do? Because they are free-falling almost as bad as the Nets are. And they sh- apparently have some locker room issues. So I feel like they're going to be making some trades. But regardless, I'm also going to take loss-loss.
2: Oh, can I ask the I-
1: I'm no longer going down with the ship. I've decided to uh, get on the lifeboat.
2: <laughs> the Lifeboat.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the life. Yeah, of, no, I uh, mean, I was
0: I was on the fence about the Washington game anyway, and then I kind of thought about it. I was like, I was just going to take the win for the sake of taking the win, but <laughs> I can yeah, grow exactly. this thing still, so. Yeah, I mean,
1: it's going to be tough for me and Anthony to catch you, especially when Kevin Durant comes back, because you would hope the Nets are going to win a lot of games, and I don't
0: know. This is how Anthony got on to his big – lead ahead of us at first because he just took a win every single game and we were rarely losing at the time. <laughs> and full
2: okay, we'll circle.
0: Yeah, now I yeah, exactly. lost like every time and now I took no I took the lead. And it's crazy because Cody has yet <laughs> to take the lead on us. I was tied at one point. All right, Joe. <laughs> That's not a lead, my friend.
1: But uh, you're right. I'm <laughs> take the lead. I'm basically the Orlando Magic. All right, is that what you want to say? <laughs> Which Terrence Ross to Brooklyn? Make it happen, Orlando. Make <laughs> it happen. You don't need him. He's an aging player. You guys stink. Javon Carter, bright future. You want him? All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we end this episode? And most
0: likely, next time we talk, we will see a different Nets roster. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what Thursday brings us. That's all I really got to say.
2: I just want to excited. fast forward to 3 o'clock Thursday.
0: Bro, me too. Like, I, every time I get a Twitter
1: notification, I'm like, oh, God, they traded him. He's gone. I'm like, nope, it's just someone else spamming me. Uh, it's, just, it's just another Philadelphia 76ers fan
0: saying that Seth Curry is too much to give up for James Harden. <laughs> I have – I'm going to be pretty hungover Thursday probably because I'll be down in AC Wednesday, so that'll be fun. So we'll see what happens on Thursday. and Maybe that – maybe a Nets trade could help cure the hangover. Who knows?
2: We'll see. We will yeah, we'll see.
0: see. We'll see. All right, guys. Once again,
1: this was the Sports Ethos Nets podcast with Cody, Anthony, and Joe. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, please like comment subscribe tweet at us etc it's gonna be an interesting couple of days and the next time we talk we hopefully we'll be talking about a new player on the next team that can stop this losing streak
2: russell Westbrook, i'm kidding
1: <laughs> yeah oh yeah, god please that it. <laughs>